By the time you finish listening to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow, 13 new house fires will have started somewhere in the world. This means that every 87 seconds, a house fire ignites, causing an average of $12 billion of damage every single year. And while traditional sprinkler systems are effective at battling large, fast-growing fires, they're significantly less effective at tackling slow-growing fires, which can quickly produce lethal volumes of toxic smoke. In 2021 alone, house fires and wildfires accounted for 1.6 billion tons of carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere. We are in a desperate need of technology that can more accurately identify and extinguish fires before it is too late. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake, and in today's preview, I will be talking with Youssef Mohammed, Chief Design Officer of Plumas, a solution that is revolutionizing the fire suppression equipment industry by designing a smarter, more efficient way of detecting and suppressing building fires. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Yusuf. Thank you so much for joining us today on Preview of Tomorrow. Once again, thanks to all of our listeners and viewers for joining us. I'd love to introduce you to Youssef Mohammed. He is the Chief Design Officer for Plumas, a solution created to reduce the number of deaths and injuries caused by fires through the provision of intelligent fire suppression equipment. Now, Youssef, I'm curious, how is it that you were inspired to get into this particular field of work? Well, um, that takes me back. So um, I was studying innovation design engineering at the Royal College of Art. And for my group project, they ask you to solve a real world problem. So me and some colleagues, we went down to the local fire brigade and we said, you know, we'd like to come up with an idea that makes an impact in an emergency situation. And we got talking to them and they um, highlighted a couple of things. They said, first and foremost, that fire extinguishers in certain buildings was actually a fire risk because um, untrained firefighters were trying to fight the fire instead of escape the building. And the other thing that they said was that they used water mist to put out fires. And they would do that by turning the hose to the mist setting and um, applying small droplets onto the base of the fire to really bring down the temperature. And it was those two insights that led us to kind of trying to think about new ways to tackle uh, to tackle fires. Well, so that's really interesting, and and you kind of just blew my mind with this, uh, both points. I mean, first of all, that fire extinguishers could actually be a hazard, although now that you've explained it, it makes perfect sense. Um, Although, to all of our listeners and viewers, mental note, if there's a fire burning, get out first. (laughs) Don't worry about that fire extinguisher. but for the second issue, the, the, the idea of water misting a fire, I mean, it's, it's just so counter to what I envision, you know, these massive hoses, you know, flooding a building. Um, this is really interesting to me. And, and I would imagine that there's also heightened risk of a firefighter, no, to have to be close enough to the base of a fire to, 
to mist it versus stand from afar and drench it? Yeah, well, um, they can do both. I mean, uh, they perform different functions within the room. The typical, one of the main reasons a firefighter would um, use mist is if they're trying to control the temperatures, it has a, a real benefit. And what happens is the small droplets turn to steam. Um, and in doing so, it displaces the oxygen that would otherwise feed the fire and gets rid of a lot of the heat. Um, so um, it's a kind of a proven method of addressing fire that isn't really um, uh, commonly known. Um, yeah, not, not, not a whole lot of people know about it. Wow. So and, and let's let's be honest, there's um, a huge risk of fires, right? I mean, like we're, we're all exposed to it every day in your home, in your work, in your school, in wherever, wherever you may be at any moment. A fire can break out for any number of reasons. Um, I, I know I said in, in the intro that every 87 seconds somewhere in the world, a fire mm -hmm. is starting in a, in a building. Um, so this is actually a problem that that affects all of us, right? I mean, and nobody nobody wants to be the victim of a fire, uh, and I don't mean that in terms of death, but certainly nobody wants that. But also in terms of just loss and you know whatnot. So what can well, first of all, what can we know about this problem, you know, the, the threat of fires uh, that we might not know already? Okay. Well, what I learned when I was doing my research and trying to come up with this, uh, with a new idea, was that firstly that we have one um, main solution in buildings. Everybody knows it. It's the, the fire sprinkler. Um, mm -hmm. And um, interestingly, that's been fundamentally unchanged for over 100 years. So it was actually invented by a man called Thomas Grinnell in 1882. And the glass bulb ceiling mounted systems that you see all around the world, um, it's very, very similar to that design. Uh, but um, because we've got this one really common solution, we kind of accept the problems associated with it. Mm -hmm. So in, first and foremost, they cause you know, a, a lot of water damage when they activate. If you've just watched uh, Die Hard, you'll, you'll get the sense of how much water <laughs> they, they uh, deploy when they activate. Um, and because you've only got one uh, solution um, and the types of buildings, the types of people that you're looking to protect vary so widely, it just means that there is a, a gap. So, for example, if you're in an area that's susceptible to freezing, um, you have to insulate all your pipes and it becomes expensive um, um, and they can be very difficult to install if you've got limited water supply. So we've got this one solution that's really, really commonplace, but um, you, you, the situation, the criteria has to match that in order for it to be cost effective. Um, so what we really wanted to do was come up with an alternative that has different attributes. So as as is often the case with our guests and, and on preview of tomorrow and the solutions that they've created is the biggest threat is not always the problem that is being addressed but really the status quo um and so i love the fact that you've you've challenged this status quo after almost 150 years really um to create something new something innovative something more effective and not just accepting all of the the unfortunate realities of an existing solution. So, tell us more about what you've created. How is how does it work? 
what is it and how does it work? Okay, so we've um, created the first electronically controlled fire, um, domestic fire suppression system. I've actually got one with me here, so I'll just, I'll just show you it. Um, rather and, than mounting... And for, those, for those listening, we are looking at a very simple ah. device. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a, a little box. A little box, a wall-mounted plate, and we've got an infrared sensor that targets the um, the hot spot within the room. It can measure the temperatures in the room, and if it identifies a location um, with with heat that, with a heat signature that you just shouldn't see in the home, it um, forces a blade of water mist into its direction. So, um, in doing so, it uses ten times less water. It can operate two to fourteen times faster. And it's much, much easier to install because you don't it doesn't require a tank or significant amounts of water in order to operate. Um, our kind of main idea and one of our one of the reasons why we think it can be so useful is that sprinklers are mandatory in a number of different regions in the world, uh, whether you're in California or in New York. Um, new build properties require sprinklers, but they are uh, disliked and are product gives you an opportunity to uh, address some of these kind of challenging buildings um, and um, uh, um, uh, you know we've been selling our system in and around the UK for the last six years and we and we're really excited about moving over to the US. Well that is very exciting I mean you mentioned the 10 times less water I they often say that with fires um, you know, in the end, it, the water does more damage than the fire itself uh, in, in many cases. I mean, 10 times less water is a significant reduction of losses um, in a situation like that. Is, am I understanding that correctly or am I making an unfair assumption? No, no, you're completely right. You know, you can fill a bathtub every three minutes when a, a sprinkler activates. You know, not many people, um, it's a really significant amount of water. And um, we've had properties here in the UK and the US where not just that flat gets completely drenched and has to be sort of dried out. and um, But the flat below it, um, because the water has to go somewhere. So um, our method really gives you an opportunity to minimize that consequential water um, damage of um, uh, associated with their activation. Um, and we're really excited about the conversations that we're having with insurers, because obviously they have a, um, a similar uh, interest in reducing the sort of claim damage um, um, sure. associated with such systems. You know, we, we've been talking a lot about the water damage, the fire damage, um, but in terms of particularly human life, it's oftentimes the smoke that's the real threat. How does this address that issue? Um, well, what you can do with using an electronic trigger is you can actually trigger significantly earlier, whereas a traditional sprinkler has to wait for the ceiling temperature to go above a, a threshold to activate. Because our scanning head monitors a change in temperature over time, we've trained our algorithm to identify even slow growing fires. So um, 
As a result, it can operate when the fire is smaller, and that reduces the amount of smoke and toxic gases which mm. um, fill the place. So it's particularly useful when and one of our main customers here in the UK is looking to protect uh, properties that might house vulnerable individuals and um, perhaps people who can't um, self-evacuate um, in an emergency situation. And that added time um, is so key in trying to um, uh, reduce um, the risk. So you, you touched on this a little bit, but I want to dive a little deeper. Uh, you know, if, for anyone who's listening or watching this and is like, wow, <laughs> I, I really need to upgrade my uh, fire protection. <laughs> What does it mean to actually install such a, a solution? Okay, well, um, when we were designing the product, we wanted to make sure that it could be retrofit easily into existing buildings. Um, when we were talking to those firefighters all those years ago, they said to us, well, look, sprinklers are, um, are particularly cost-effective in new build housing because what they do is they put all the pipes up when they're sort of constructing the walls. Um, but if you have an existing building, then, um, you know, you have to uh, create that space. You've got to probably bring down the ceilings and you might even have to upgrade your water supply. So we, um, when we were designing the system, we said it had to work within the existing framework within the house. So take less water than a power shower and um, be easy to retrofit. Um, and, and we do that by using things like flexible hosing um, to our wall mounted heads. Um, so uh, as a result, you can uh, um, uh, apply it to an existing building without sort of the expense that you might have with a more conventional system. Well, and, and so this is something, I mean, when I think of the sprinkler systems, at least here in the US, I'm thinking, you know, those are multi-unit buildings, large apartment building type office buildings, things like that. But you don't see a sprinkler system in a in a single family home. This is just as easy to install in a single family home. It is. And, you, you know, you're exactly right. When sprinklers were first designed um, and before they were really used in residential buildings, they were born for factories. You know, one large pump cover a massive space. Um, but our system is um, it's almost modular in how it's uh, set up and therefore it lends itself much better to smaller spaces, things like um, accessory dwelling units or, or modular build um, because it has a different um, economy of scale. Wow. So, you know, is I, I, my mind is spinning here with <laughs> Both the, the realization that we're woefully underprotected in my own home, um, and but also just the the seemingly ease with which we can upgrade to this to a solution like this. Um, so, is, is this something? By the way, does it require professional installation? It does. We've got a in the UK. We've got a network of um, accredited reseller installers. Um, and these are uh, authorized. These are companies who are authorized to install our equipment. They've gone through our training, um, and um, we're going to look to build a similar network um, as we enter the U.S. This is something that we are planning to do at the moment because um, we're just concluding our 
certification, um, almost equivalent to our FDA approval for the US. Um, and uh, we want to replicate the same model which we had in the UK over here um, in order to get it into more homes. Wow. I, I, I truly have so many more questions, uh, <laughs> but um, it, the, the time is nearly up. So I have to ask you the question I always end with, which is imagining 10, 20, 50 years from now, the world is using Plumas technology for every fire suppression system in any building or, or factory or whatnot. What, what does that mean? What does it mean for the individual? What does it mean for a community? What does it mean for the world at large? What do you see the impact of Plumas? Okay, well, I mean, our mission, our vision is to reduce the number of deaths and injuries from fire and get better outcomes for people and for property. Um, uh, we think that we can do that because by having an alternative solution, we can uh, make fire suppression cost effective in buildings that where otherwise it wouldn't be. And by reverting or using electronic triggers, we can operate earlier and um, reduce the risk of smoke and, and heat for occupants. But where things get really exciting is because sprinklers are, are mandatory within certain buildings, um, we also are really keen to explore the idea of using um, in the installation of our system to enable smart buildings. So for the very fact that we've installed a heat sensor in our head to tackle the fire, well, you could use that same sensor for all sorts of other things. So perhaps you use it to control your heating or to uh, identify people within an emergency. So um, we're really excited about our mission to reduce uh, deaths and injuries with fire, but also uh, making sprinklers desirable because they can give you more value beyond just um, uh, just fire suppression. Well, Yusuf, I, I... I can't thank you enough because the fact of the matter is you're saving lives. And that's, I mean, how can anybody, um, you know, thank you enough for that? Um, that having been said, I also want to thank you for taking the time to to join us here today on, on Preview of Tomorrow. For anybody who's listening um, and wants to learn more or, or get in touch, what's the best way for them to to learn more? No problem. So um, the company's name is Plumis, spelt P-L-U-M-I-S, and the product is Automist, A-U-T-O-M-I-S-T. Um, drop it into Google. You'll find um, our website quite easily. We've got a lot of videos on YouTube, so you can actually see the, the product. Um, it really comes to life when you can actually see it uh, addressing a fire. Um, um, yeah, um, uh, and you can find us in all the usual places as well, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. As well. Perfect. Well, with that, Yusef, thank you so much again for joining us today. We look forward to your success because your success means save, more safety for all of us. Um, but thank you for being part of a preview of tomorrow. My pleasure. Um, thank you for having us, Mike. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. 
Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.